Hi, this is Chuck Wolf, and you're listening to WPKN 89.5 FM, listener-supported radio. So this is a uh, this is the first uh, day of Black History Month, and I will talk a little bit about Black History. Uh, I'm going to do a, a show that allows for people to call in because that's the nature of my show. It's a call-in show. It's the emotion roadmap. Take the whale and control how you feel. And for those of you who have been um, um, regular listeners, thank you so much for tuning in and seeing the show or listening to the show. Seeing it, sometimes uh, people don't realize, but this show is uh, also videotaped and played on Simsbury Community Television. And also that Simsbury group puts it on YouTube. So you go to Simsbury Community TV, you can see lots of my shows where actually you can actually see me in studio. And the conversations that I have with people, if you're new to the show, are simply to engage people in trying to help people to deal with life's challenges. So many times people are stuck because some of the life's challenges, or most life challenges really, seem to contain a lot of emotional issues. And those issues are sometimes just self-contained, just internal to the person who is actually the person who is part of the um, conversation is just an internal dialogue within yourself. Sometimes those conversations include other people where a decision has to be made and people don't agree or you're worried about a confrontation that is necessary because you know that there's something that needs to be discussed that is um, very um, unsettling because you know that there's very different opinions about how to move forward or about what happened and how to deal with um, the situations that exist. And so you're, you're stuck. I mean, these can be things like relationships among family members. They can be um, concerns at the workplace where people are struggling with um, performance issues with people who they work for or work with uh, who work for them. Um, there's also accountability issues. There's lots of things that have strong emotional content associated with them. And one of the things that I've discovered over the number of years now, over 20, that I've been working in this field and have become an expert in is this field of emotional intelligence where I've discovered that people, people have a concern um, about emotional issues that sometimes... If you focus specifically just on the emotions that are in play, whether it's internal dialogue that you're dealing with something within yourself or it's something external where you're dealing with somebody else, uh, it's really important that you have, um, you know, an honest and open, focused um, discussion around what's happening and what are the emotions that you're currently experiencing and how, perhaps, are those emotions different than what would be ideal for you to be feeling at this point? So it seems to me it's important, very important, for you to consider and understand what the role of emotional intelligence can play in making your life better, my life better, all our lives better. So that's the show, and, and the nature of the show is that often people will call in, those of you who li listen regularly, I hope that you're learning and understanding the power and, and sometimes what feels like magic that can happen when you use this emotion roadmap that is basically a, a series of combined theories that took a long time to put together, but now sounds somewhat simplistic 
in the way I describe them and the way I encourage you to use them. I'm trying really hard to create um, workplaces and empower more people to use this model. Uh, sometimes people wonder um, if I should sign non-disclosure agreements when I work with them to teach them how to use the Emotion Roadmap. Honestly, um, everybody likes to make more money. It's, I mean, it's not foreign to me to want to make more money. That's certainly something that I consider. But more important to me, really, is, is the legacy of leaving behind lots and lots of people who really benefit from learning how to use the Emotion Roadmap. And if you've learned it on this show and you want to use it in your work, at your home, in your community, please use it. If you want to give me credit, great. But you don't have to. What I care most about is that people benefit, find some meaningful contribution to their lives as a result of this show. That's why I'm doing it for 14 years. So if you've got something you'd like to call and talk to me about, that's the most important part of this show. And in doing that, I encourage you to pick up the phone and call me. Call me. I don't wait to call me because sometimes people wait and they wonder, should I make the phone call? Because the phone call sometimes feels like, you know, um, why would I go on the air? I don't want anybody to possibly recognize who I am. I don't necessarily want to uh, put my dirty laundry out in front of people. And you know what? Honestly, if you've got a chance to call in and be a model, and what I mean by that is when you call me and I can help you using this roadmap, and I'll explain more about the roadmap in a minute, if I can help you using this roadmap, everybody's learning. So you're helping everybody else too. And most importantly, what I find is almost everybody who calls Come, sometimes calls in feels somewhat hopeless. On the scale of hopelessness, I think people tend to be around seven or eight, sometimes all the way up to 10 hopeless, sometimes more around five or six. But they're feeling somewhat hopeless anyway. And by the end of the phone call, they're feeling hopeful because they feel like one of the things I help the people to do is to create a plan, an emotional plan for dealing with whatever issues that might be coming to pass in your, in your personal experience. So... Having said that, I, I want to um, encourage you to call. And so let me give you the phone number right away. And then I've got some topics I'm kind of excited to talk about. I always bring things in to talk about because I never know who's going to make that first phone call. Sometimes the first phone call, if it happens early in the, in the hour I'm on the year, I'm on from 12 to 12.55, about five minutes before one, um, regularly the first and second Wednesdays of each month. So again, the, I'm Chuck Wolf. The show is the Emotion Roadmap. Take the wheel and control how you feel. And for all of you who are regular listeners, thank you so much for tuning in. Um, and I know a lot of times regular listeners, when you call in, if you've got something nice to say about the show, I sure appreciate hearing that. If you're someone who I've talked to before and something that I encourage you to try as a result of your call to me has worked for you, I'd love to hear about it. If it's something that I suggested you try and you tried it and it didn't work and you want to know if there's some way to modify it and I can help with that, I'd love to hear that too. Mostly, I just really like the idea that this show gives me the opportunity to help people. So I'm very thankful to WPKN for the opportunity to be on the air now. This is my 14th year. I'm very excited about that. <laughs> when I thought about the show, I think about the idea that, you know, um, when this first started... I had no idea how long I'd be on the air. Uh, one of the people I've gotten to know and like is a fellow named Lou Pomalis, who 
um, way back when, was a graduate student of mine, um, probably about 15 years ago at the University of Hartford when I was teaching emotional intelligence and organizations, Lou was a student. And uh, in the classes, when I teach them, I teach people how to use the emotion roadmap as part of understanding how emotional intelligence can benefit organizations. And I'll talk a little bit more about that in a moment. But Lou really liked the way I was working with the students and helping them in class deal with issues that they brought to the class and talk with them about how the emotion roadmap works and demonstrate it by helping them in front of their peers. And Lou said, Chuck, this would be great if you could do this on the radio. Lou had been a volunteer for 30-plus years at the WPKN station, and he said, I'd love to introduce you to the folks at WPKN and see if you'd be willing to do a show and whether they'd support that, and I'm pretty sure they will. And so I said, Lou, that'd be great. And so now it's 14 years later since Lou introduced me there to this era here, to this show and to this station. And I got to say, WPKN does a great job. By the way, I encourage you to go online to WPKN.org to look at all the wonderful events that the uh, radio station is doing for Black History Month. And then Women, Women's Month uh, is coming up. Women, uh, Women's Month is March. Black History Month is, is uh, February. And, and then we'll have uh, some pre-recorded, some special sessions with some very special women um, in, in, in March. So anyway, I, for today, I do want to encourage you to call. So let me give you the number. It's 203 331 So if you want to call, this is a great time to call because I've got plenty of time now. I've got until um, 1255. If you're thinking about calling and, and wondering whether it's really worth it, um, all I can say to you is that I know when people have called, almost everyone feels pretty good about what I'm able to help them with. And here's how I help. I help by taking you through the context of what's going on in a situation where you are stuck. Um, I've said this before, but it's it's important to, to reference again, I believe. It's the idea that when we are stuck... And I say we, meaning lots of smart people, because I think lots of smart people listen to this, not to just my show, but to this station. And, um, and when you're a good critical thinker, typically a good problem solver, and you're stuck, it's been my experience that it's almost always something emotional that's causing you to be uncertain or doubtful about how to proceed. And by helping you focus on the emotions with the emotion roadmap, it changes things. It gives you options that don't appear in any other way for you. And so sometimes I find ways to tap into something that you might have done in the past that might relate to what you're experiencing now, and it's, your, uh, and it's a chance for me to help you build on your own experiences and strengths. Other times, if you really have no idea, often because I've done this kind of work for so long, I'm often able to give you a plan, assuming that you're interested in hearing from me. I always ask permission to give advice. And that's a whole other show, really, about how do you give advice that gets listened to? <laughs> that's that's one I, I know that a lot of people would like to have the answer to. And other times I've talked, we have that. Well, I got my first caller. Hold on. Hi, this is Chuck. Hello, hello. hello, this is Chuck. You're on the air. Who am I talking to, please? Hey, Chuck. My name is Scotty. Hi, Scotty. How you doing? Good day to you, sir. Thank you. 
I am uh, calling to uh, congratulate you on all this time on the mighty WPKN. You've <laughs> Thanks so much. Served a great purpose as far as I've been listening for as long as I have, and hearing your show, man, it's great. You know. Thanks so much, Scotty. Really, it's, it's so nice to hear that. I'm glad you've been listening for a while. Have you? <laughs> oh, I have. Oh, uh, WPKN's just been a mainstay on my uh, radio dials for about I don't know forty years by now. Wow. And um. And so, you know, and I've heard the ins and outs and the ups and downs and whatnot throughout the years. And then, uh, so how long have you been on the air so far? This is my 14th year. I'm actually started in December and uh, this is, for, uh, no, this, um, this is um, I'm entering my 14th year as of December. So a couple, well, a c- on couple months on the air at WPKN, correct? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And then, but did you have private practice before this? So yeah, my I mean my full time work is uh, what I've been doing for a lot of years is my own business. I'm a leadership consultant specializing in emotional intelligence, helping people in organizational yeah. life. You know, deal with challenges in the workplace, particularly human challenges, and a lot of a lot of the challenges <laughs> happen to be human based. <laughs> oh, you'll never be out of work there. <laughs> well, you, you know, know, it's funny. It's funny, Scotty. I think everybody, when they hear what I do, thinks about, boy, everybody could use that. And it's true. I mean, who doesn't want to know better how to manage your own emotions, including myself? That's partly well, my... absolutely. Yeah. 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 And, and, you know, honestly, like when I first started listening and you came on, I'm like, oh, geez, emotional roadmap. What's this, uh, you know, touchy-feely stuff? Right. But then, you know, <laughs> you know, you start listening and uh, with, you have half intelligence in your mind, you, you know, you, you dig it. Uh, you know, but otherwise it's just like, ah, let's go to, uh, you know, put it on PLR and let's listen to another rock and roll song we've heard a thousand times over. Thanks, Scott. You know, so, <laughs> yeah. At any rate, um, I just like to report to you. We've spoken before mm-hmm. and um, through the life and times as they change and, uh, you know, situations change and, you know, it's just been a rough life for the last few years. But when hasn't it been really? You know, I mean, right. Look back, and I always try to say to myself, well, at least I'm not, uh, you know, uh, living in World War II era in in Europe somewhere with, uh, you know, and hiding underneath floorboards or, you know, I mean, things could be a lot worse all the time, Sure, you know, for for everybody. So, and I've been just trying to grasp and get a hold of that. And, you know, through, you, you seek therapy, if that's what one does, right? right. And uh, I've been lucky enough to be able to. And what therapists uh, a lot of times want to do is, uh, well, you know, oh, okay, we have the proper medication for you. And, you know, ever since, what, mid-70s or whatever, all the pharmaceutical companies are just more than happy to acquaint you with whatever it is you need. You have shaky leg syndrome? Well, we got a drug for that. Right. right? So at any rate, and never mind all the other crap that they put out and we have the opiates and blah 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 okay some people they help and some people they don't okay right i i'm just here to report and i'm not condoning this for anybody else i'm just speaking for myself but what has flipped my script and because i have been on all these pharmaceuticals periodically throughout my life what has changed it all up now is i have been microdosing on mushrooms psilocybin basically microdosing And let me tell you, man, there's no, you know, uh, side effects such as when you take uh, psychotropics or or whatever the word is, you know, those drugs, those antidepressants, uh, all of them. And uh, so I just like to 
report at least my side of the story and maybe, you know, tell it to others that never mind the pharmaceutical companies. I have been on a much lighter track of hopes and dreams broken, left behind me, and now starting to pick all that back up with the help of microdosing on mushrooms. And I don't know if, you know, I'm not condoning drugs to anybody. And this is, everything's becoming legal today anyway. The good stuff, that is. The, the, and so um, just wanted to report that to you, that um, my attitude and sort of outlook has absolutely sort of become much better now that I have been uh, doing this. And, well, uh, yeah, I take a little capsule every other day. Yeah. And, um, you know, it's just, it's wonderful. So I don't know if, uh, I mean, you, you don't sound like you're, uh, <laughs> you know, not, I'm not condoning this for anybody, what I say, and I'm not trying to put an advertisement out there. But just want to tell you that one of your listeners has been getting real happy with your help, too. I listened to your show. Thank you. And everything's better. So that's yeah. it. Oh, no. So, 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 so stay on for a second because I want to react to it sure, a little sure. bit. Yeah, so no, you, yeah, I was just waiting for you to finish. That's why I didn't say anything. Oh, okay, I'm sorry. I no, that's all right. That's okay. Um, no, what I want, I want to say a few things about this. I think that um, we don't really understand a lot about the psychotropic drugs that have been helpful to people. And sometimes it does seem that chemical imbalances in people's homeostasis or whatever, whatever's going on internally for people, sometimes medication is like the one thing that seems to work. But I've been I've been through a lot of different kind of experiences with people around emotions, starting with, you know, actually dealing with people who had lobotomies way back when in the late 60s. So, I mean, oh, I, I, yeah, I know. I mean, so I've seen some pretty drastic or an electric shock also to cut people's affect off. So, I mean, so, wow. so I think the medication was way, way better than that, than those kind of experiences. But I also think we don't really understand very much about how all that works. We do seem to find, you know, sometimes we accidentally discover something that helps. I think the whole the whole world of psilocybin is is really opening up. I, I mean, I don't I don't claim to be an expert on this, but I for, I'm I don't know if you're doing this on your own or with but with anybody's guidance that knows something about this. I'd encourage you to try to find some people that are experienced in helping people use these effectively. But it sounds, Scotty, you sound good. So, I mean, I, I wouldn't, I'm not judging anything. I'm just saying, you know, it's sometimes useful to have people that sort of know where this is going. But I think, again, we're experimenting a lot. And some people are having great success with it, like yourself. So, um, you know, I, I'm, I'm, I'm a big fan of whatever works that doesn't hurt you and doesn't hurt somebody else. Yeah, man. You know, that's where it's at. And, and just as in everything, you know, what I've learned uh, thus far in life is like, you know, everything in moderation. Okay. Because I used to over excel, like, you know, for me, the absolute term of one is too many and a thousand is never enough. <laughs> I'm, yeah. a, I'm a recovering, uh, well, not recovering. I'm a consummate alcoholic, but okay. I'm a non-practicing alcoholic. I got about nine months underneath my belt thus far. Okay. And I'll tell you what, it's like, um, I've always been looking for an alternative because tell you the truth life's a funny thing and i just want to be a little bit out of the box most of the time just because you know as they say sometimes reality just bites right there's a song about that somewhere yeah okay so anyway yeah and so i'm just like i feel like always i just need to be a little high and like smoking pot really like pot's never really done it for me it actually makes me a little like paranoid and just you know 
And then, uh, but in my youth, I used to uh, ingest yeah, yeah. <laughs> some hallucinogens. Well, and it's I, always, I, I, always enhanced my right. creativity. Right. Well, I grew up in the 60s, so I'm not, uh, you know, I'm, <laughs> you know, I, I, I won't go into all the details, but, you know, I've had different experiences. Uh, but I do know more, sir. Yeah, I know, but I do want to say, you know, I think, I, I mean, just the same way somebody might have an, al- you know, an alcoholic drink, a glass of wine, a beer at night. All, all that seems to me to make some sense to folks. It, you know, sometimes you feel like you're on edge and it takes the edge off. CBD yeah. does that, too, I think, for some people. You know, it's, well, yeah. you know so it's different things seem to work for different folks and i yeah i'm a fan of moderation too and um you know i, I do it yeah obviously if you're going to try something i yeah I encourage everybody to learn as much as you can about it yeah. and and I encourage you to talk to people that may have more experience and might might even be expert in certain areas but i do know there's a lot of experimentation and we're all trying to figure out how to how to navigate through the right waters that we experience from you know Different days. I mean, you talked about being in World War Two. I mean, right now Ukraine has got that going on for real. Yeah. You know, so exactly. So I mean, what what we might experience going forward? Who who could have ever dreamed about the experience of COVID over the last couple of years? Not me. Most people, you know, who would have believed it? if you wrote the story in a movie or a book or something, nobody would have believed that would have really happened. Yeah. But there it was. It happened. So it, yeah, all kinds of all kinds of things make life challenging. No question about Absolutely. it, Scotty. Absolutely. But throughout history, I mean, you know, I believe this latest round was sort of manufactured and sort of. Uh, but never mind my thoughts about it. But. Throughout history, bubonic plague, uh, what else, man? <laughs> yeah. I mean, name a thousand others, that things that have gone through. We made it. Okay, here we are. I you know. know? I so, know. <laughs> but, man, just want to say thanks a lot, Chuck. You're part of my help. Thanks, Scotty. And, uh, you know, I'm really pleased. You know, when you first said that, you know, life has been really so good for you, I was hoping you were going to say the Emotion Roadmap made the difference. I didn't know you were going to mushrooms, but <laughs> I'm glad the Emotion Roadmap's been part of it anyway. That's great. Absolutely, brother. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Thanks for the call, Scotty. You have a great hey, day. No problem. And then here, I just want to remind people of this. When you call up Chuck, turn down your radio. <laughs> <laughs> turn, turn down the radio, man. Thanks, Scotty. <laughs> and take care, man. Okay. And turn up Chuck. Thanks there a lot. Go. Bye-bye. Okay, so folks, if you want to call in again, whether it's something somebody who's called me before and just want to share a little bit about what's going on, or you got something that you wanted to talk about, the number is 203-331-9756. 203-331-9756. So one of the ways um, I want to, what I wanted to talk about today, a couple things. Um, one is the whole idea of, of Black History Month. This is celebrating the contributions of, of um, Amer- somewhat African-Americans, but not just African-Americans, but all black people that have a history in our world and, um, and, and doing great things. And there's a lot to celebrate around that. Some, some of it has been sort of hidden from us. And so I, I'm glad that there's efforts being made now to publicize more about wonderful contributions that have been made by different people um, over the years. And, you know, my own personal experience is, is I've had some wonderful relationships with people over the years that have made a big difference in my life. And, you know, they come from all kinds of places. And I, I kind of like what's happening today in terms of the idea of inclusion of, of black people, but really of, of everybody. Uh, one of the things I've, I've started to be, um, 
you know, do as keynotes for organizations is to talk about this whole idea of diversity, equity, inclusion, and social justice. Uh, but I, I do it from a really interesting perspective because a lot of times I think um, a little differently about things. And let me just talk before I get to that a little bit about what's going on for me with organizations because one of the things that um, I've learned over time is that sometimes organizations talk about something called shared values. And they say if your values are the same across the board, values of integrity, of honesty, of respect, of, um, uh, you know, um, quality, things that just really seem to matter and that what matters to your organization seems to be the similar or very close to the same things that matter most to you. I began to think about that, but I also thought sometimes it just ends up being a bunch of words. You know, who doesn't value honesty? except when it doesn't work for you. <laughs> you need to lie a little. You know, what do you think of my baby's picture? Looks great. Um, do you think this dress looks nice on me? Fantastic. You look wonderful. Um, what if you really don't believe that, and, but you, you don't, um, you, you're worried about how you might make somebody feel? So sometimes little lies that you're, you're worried about somebody else's feelings. Sometimes they crop up for some of us. Um, but also sometimes there's big lies for, to manipulate situations and circumstances so that you win somehow over somebody else. You walk away the winner. Somebody else isn't the winner. Uh, what I want to just ask you to, to think a bit about is like if there was a shared value that was at the heart of any organization you're part of, if it was something that you're in the community on a group, uh, um, you know, you're connected to a, a religious organization or you're part of a band or you're part of a team of some kind, a sports team or an academic team or, or wherever it is that you might have an experience where you belong to that group. What I've thought about when I think about, you know, what's the value that really resonates across the board for everybody everywhere that if I belong to an organization that really felt like this, I'd love it. And I thought, well, what would that value be? Because I'm working with an organization right now. Um, and, and actually, I'm, I'm, this is kind of an interesting idea, I think. Uh, you know, a lot of times people have talked about, you know, being aligned on goals, being aligned on values. But what if you were aligned on feelings? Let me tell you what I mean. What if you actually had the experience where you on Sunday night, before you were going back to work on Monday morning, thought to yourself, my God, I can't wait for tomorrow morning. I'm so anxious and excited about going back to work. I mean, I love being with these people. And when you're at work, in good times and bad, everybody shows real concern for one another and really supports one another, really cares about one another. Not only do they care about the people in the workplace, but they care about those people and their connections and their families. And you don't just care about the people that you work with, but you care about your customers. You care deeply about how your customers feel about working with you and your organization. And sometimes we take advantage of vendors. We think of vendors as commodities. So, you know, you're selling the same thing that the the guy that was in here before you a moment ago is selling. Well, why should I buy from you except if you have a lower price? But what if you really cared about your vendors too? Sometimes people miss this, and I think it's important to say, as a vendor myself, when I'm selling my services, if you've treated me really well, if I recognize that you've been a very thoughtful person to me, you return my calls, 
You answer my emails. You seem to care about me. You remember things that we talk about, about things that are important to me, whether it's something personal or something about my family. If I get that from you and you ask for me to do something special for you, I'm going to try my very best to do it different and better for you than I would for anybody else if I feel you care about me. Now, most people don't think about that with vendors, but it's true. Now, sometimes a vendor can't really do anything different or help you even when they want to. But if they get that sense of you, you care about them and you work with them in ways that um, they know and you demonstrate that you care about them, that matters. That matters. So think about a place where if you came in and everybody cared about each other, what would that feel like? Well, I've got my next call. I'll just a sec. Hi, this is Chuck. You're on the air. Who am I talking to, please? Hi, Chuck. This is Scotty again. I just wanted to oh. let you know that you shot out the wrong phone number before. Almost. It's uh, 336-975-SEX instead of 331. So if you're not getting any call, that's why. It's 336 336- Nine seven five six. Thank you, Scotty. Okay, yeah, I gave out the. No problem, I guess the, I get the office number. I guess okay. <laughs> Thank you, Scotty. Over and clear. <laughs> Thanks. Bye bye. Well, isn't that nice? And that's really being part of the community, huh? Okay. Two zero three 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 six nine seven five six. That's the one to call. Two three two zero three 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 six nine seven five six. Okay. Um. So anyway, uh, if you want to call me, that's the number. So maybe I'll give you a second to call. You can try them both. 203-331-9756 will get you to the office, I think. 203-336-9756. Try that one. Oh, okay. Well, anyway, uh, so this idea of trying to feel, trying to feel concerned about everybody, that you work with, what would that be like to experience in any organization, a team, or a group that you're a part of? How would that feel? It would be like when you go out to dinner and people say, how is work today? And you tell them, work is fantastic. Work is great. I can't tell you how much I enjoy work these days. All of a sudden, I mean, it's been, it's always been a good place to work, but now people are really trying to make sure that they treat each other really, really well and that they show concern and care for each other. And when somebody's hurt or sick, hold on, I got a call. Hi, this is Chuck. You're on the air. Who's calling, please? Yeah, hi, Chuck. Uh, this is Norman. Okay. Uh, we've spoken a few times before. I remember Norman. Which number did you call? Just to make sure I got this right. <laughs> Um, well, the one that you've been given. Okay, that's 336. Okay. All right, thanks. I just want to make sure I gave out the right number. Thanks, Norman. How can I help you today? Well, um, it's not a crucial uh, thing that I have to uh, express, but here, I, um, okay. Maybe you can give me a, a couple of um, thoughts on this. Um I live in a, an affordable housing unit, and we don't have that much storage space, okay? Okay. And I do artwork, and I've got tons of photographs and paintings that I've done. And <clears throat> the uh, people who run this uh, um, establishment, this it's run by HUD, uh, you know, Housing Urban Development. Uh-huh. And uh, yeah, they got this 
thing that they want to <clears throat> redecorate the holes and all that stuff. And I've got a few photos up on the wall and uh, paintings. You know, in the corner where I live, I live in a small studio apartment. Okay. And uh, what they what they need to do is, I got to take all these photos down, and I don't know if I'm going to be able to put them back up. Uh, but my storage space is filled already, uh, and there's an opportunity that I can uh, have a, another space uh, that someone in the building is not using. I'm going to go up and ask if I can use it. Okay. That might solve that might solve my little dilemma. Okay. But uh, there's always something that. Like I'm, I'm a, I get frightened to go up there. There's always some kind of angst in me that I'm afraid to ask. And why? Okay. I, I, I look at this. You know, you know. You mentioned a lot of times critical thinking, right? Right. I looked that up on Google and it gave me all these uh, definitions or re, you know things about open, open, open-mindedness, respect respecting evidence and restore uh, reasoning, yep. being able to consider different perspectives and uh, points of view, all that stuff, uh-huh. which, <laughs> you know, I'm looking at this and I'm, I'm saying, okay, this is, this is for me. I got to do this, you know, okay. uh, I come across uh, intelligently. And when I talk to this person about using their space, because there's nothing in it. I know that. And that people have done this. They let other people use this space. But this, it, the main thing is, I get this, it feels like I'm being upset. Um, uh, my life is being upset by this, um, this whole, you know, taking my photos down off the wall. I mean, I, Okay. Hey, let me let me slow, let me stop you, Norman, just to offer a couple of thoughts. Okay. Yeah. 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 So, so one thing to consider is like, so when you just said like considering other viewpoints, one of the things that I do with this concept of the emotion roadmap is to think about, okay, so what, you know, cause the, the big the big concern right now and, and the easy thing to focus on is just, you're frightened about going up there to talk to them. Now there's other things going on too, about taking everything down, et cetera. And, and, and that's a whole, that's, that's part of it, but it's different. Let's just, mm-hmm. if I just stay with, you know, talking to the person who's got the open space, um, the big fear is you're going to be rejected or, mm-hmm. you know, and, yeah. and, and, and also it could be even worse than that. I mean, it could be, why would I, why would I do that? I'm, I'm, I'm thinking of renting the space out to somebody. I mean, what are you going to pay me or, or whatever it might be, right? As opposed uh, yeah, to yeah. you need some space and you know, you really can't afford, you're not in a place where you could afford a lot or whatever to, to put it up there. I mean, does, does, so I'm trying to think of what might, so that's, that's the critical thinking. I'm, when I say critical thinking, I'm trying to understand what's the viewpoint here that's causing the concern. And so it might, and I don't know if this is right, but it might be that you worry about being rejected. That's a possibility that goes, enters my head. That's what I mean by critical thinking. Well, like, what are the possibilities? You know? That's part of it, Yeah. Yeah. So that's, that's what I'm encouraging you to do too. So as you think about what this person's likely to be experiencing, what are the possibilities that he might be feeling? We, I mean, is it a he or a she, by the way, do you know? It's a she. It's yeah, a woman. She. Okay. So what, what might she be feeling about that space? If she, is it, has it been vacant and un, unused for a long time? Oh yeah. Oh yeah. And, and, uh, she's a lovely lady. I mean, I've run into her a few times and uh, she's, uh, she's Asian uh, and she's like a little uh, hard to, con- uh, you know, talk to because she doesn't understand too well. 
and so that's another thing. Uh, you know, if I can get my message across to her, and she understands it, you know. Okay, sure. Yeah. So you that's know, so yeah. That, right. That could be, uh, you know, she'd probably look at me and say, "What are you talking about?" Or just say, "What? What?" You know, that's just my projections. Okay. So let me let me let, let's just stay. Can we stay with this for a minute? Sure. Okay. Yeah. So, um, so one of the things that's going on for you is you're worried about what she might say, and part of what she's going to say is actually, and this is why I encourage people to think about the emotions involved, is based on what she's feeling about the space. Mm. So we don't know what she's feeling about the space, but it's been empty for a long time, so she may not think mm. much about it at all. Right, right. But if, if you wanted her to think positively about that space... Um, and what she could do with the space. See, I'm thinking you're not just dumping stuff in her wall in, in, in her room. You're you're actually going to be hanging things, right? Yeah, this, these storage spaces are downstairs uh, in a big uh, separate room from all the apartments and everything. Uh, yeah, I got it. Like underneath the complex yeah. or whatever, right? And so, um, but are there walls to hang things, or you just want to put things in boxes in the room? There, there's no walls to hang. No, it's just it, the, the problem is the, the spaces are so small to begin with. Yeah, uh, that's why I need this extra space, and uh, you know, uh, it's like a four by four uh, square that goes back about six or seven feet back, and that's a, that's the size of it, you know. So I'm th- uh, I'm trying to th- put myself in her shoes, right? That's part of the perspective of trying to understand what she feels about the space. Well, she, I mean, uh, I'm, if I have an empty space, I'm probably from time to time thinking about what do I want to do with it. And uh, I maybe I want to rent it out, but I'm uncomfortable renting it out because I don't know who I'm going to rent it to and then I might need it for something for myself. And there's all these things that might go through my head about why it's still vacant. Uh, well, I don't think she's allowed to rent it because it's part of the building and that they won't they'll frown on that. Okay, so, she, they, so both, she, she couldn't charge you something if you wanted to store no. something there? No, no. Okay. No, no. Uh, She'd, she'd be the only thing I'm hoping is that she'd be willing and you know if she's not using it she'd be glad to let me use it that's fine uh, what, would, what would make it appealing for her I mean on the one hand you're asking for a favor right but is there something that you might do for her that might make it a little sweeter so she's more not that she wouldn't say she, she might say yes to you anyway but just in terms yeah. of kind of sweetening the deal somehow is there anything that you could do that might be helpful to her well, I first of all, I have to let her understand why I need the space, right? No, no, uh, no. First, you want to understand what's the deal you want to offer. So I'm going to have to. It's like, okay, willing and dealing here. Okay. Well, I think I think you know if if she's a nice person, she may want to just do it for you anyway. You know, on okay. the other on the other hand, and is there? I mean, you could just ask: Is there something I could do for you? In other words, if I if I've got something that I'm worried about, somebody saying no to me, and I want to influence them so that they say yes to me, I try oh, to sorry. I try to do it in a way that you know it, it it sort of puts them in a place where it's kind of hard to say no to me. Let me give you an example. So okay. I, I was at a um, I was at a restaurant. Not, not long ago with my wife, and um, we were supposed to go to um, a presentation, uh, you know, uh, some kind of um, performance, and the performance got canceled, and we didn't get the message. 
And so we got dressed up and went to, we were in a hotel, staying in a hotel and we, and we, and we found out that the performance got canceled and we felt, I mean, we, we kind of oriented our day around that. And so the person who realized that the message he sent out didn't get to us, he said, um, why don't I give you a dinner out on me uh, at, at uh-huh. the restaurant? So I went to the restaurant and by the way, we, we were kind of upset. You know, because we we really wanted to see the show and we were disappointed that the show didn't happen. Mm-hmm. And on top of that, we didn't know that the show wasn't happening. <laughs> so, um, so anyway, so we get to the restaurant and we're feeling like kind of like sort of entitled to the meal, right? And, we, and I, this woman who was being lovely with us and giving, and giving us a meal, we each got a drink, we had an appetizer, we had the meal. And then both of us felt it was a beautiful place with a, we're outside outdoors looking at the sun going down in the ocean. It was really very pretty place. And, um, and I felt like, you know, I'd like a second drink. And I thought, you know, I'm kind of feeling entitled. I was thinking I, you know, I was going to ask her for a second drink. And I said, you know, um, I said to my wife, I said, I don't, I, I don't really want to ask her for, you know, to, to get, give us a second drink. I don't want her to feel bad. Um, but I think what I can do is ask her, would it be okay if we had a second drink? Mm-hmm. Because if I ask yeah. her, if, would it be okay if we had a second drink? She's not feeling like I'm someone who's demanding a second drink because of a, you know, of the experience, but just asking, mm-hmm. would it be okay if I had a second drink? And when the woman heard me ask that, two things happened. One was she's kind of contorted because I think maybe it came out of her budget. I don't know. And it's not like it's a big deal, but she felt like maybe that was too much to ask. But she found herself unable to say no. Why would I say no to people who ask so nicely? Not only did yeah. not only did she give us a second drink, but I made her like me. <laughs> <laughs> so you're you're saying that perhaps I should ask her: Is it okay if I use your space, your storage space? And and if there's something I could do for you, let me. I mean, well, I, I'd love to be able to do something for you in exchange because I, I, you know, that's that's what I'm saying now. I mean, just. If, if there, I don't know how you feel about your artwork and whether you ever want to give any of it away, but maybe. Well, the, uh, uh, see, you, you you said something that has been offered in advice to me already by someone. Yeah, maybe uh, you you can do like a barter. Let give them offer them a photo or a piece of uh, or a little painting that I have. Something, um, something, and maybe give her a choice of a few things in case, you know, she's not, def- uh, if, you know you know what I mean? If you've got several things that you think that it would be okay for you to give away, um, you know, that you, you that are sitting on your wall and you, you love them, but you, you you know, part of it is you want to share your art with other people. And so if, uh, if there's a few things, that, and, and by the way, I wouldn't necessarily offer that. I'd say, hey, look, um, is there something I could do for you? And by the way, I'd also just like to offer you maybe one of the here's several things that maybe if you'd like to have in your own home, um, mm. you know, that something that you could keep there, uh, you know, while I'm doing, while I'm got all this stuff in this place. Um, and and it, my, my point is I wouldn't make it a trade. I would say that mm. what, what you want to do is say, and is there something I can do for you? Because there maybe there's something you could help her with that she needs some, somebody else to two people to do that you could help with. And that's more important than having, a, and, you know, another piece of art on her wall someplace. Yeah. But, but at the oh, same yeah. time, at the same time, giving her something takes it to another level. That's what, that's yeah, what I'm suggesting. Yeah. I, I have helped other residents in the building here where they've asked me for this, that, the other thing. And I'm, I'm pretty good at that. I, I do a lot of things for the people in the, in the building. A little, you know, it doesn't matter what it is. It's, it's still doing something. Uh, for them and a lot of people, you know, they 
I get along with everybody here, you know. Um, but this lady um, is pretty new in the building, uh, and she's very reclusive and uh, hardly see her. But I've run into her a couple of times, and I've said hello. You know, I try to be friendly. Yeah. I am friendly to people. Some people can't take my friendliness. Uh, you know, they just have their own agenda. But, uh, yeah, I'm pretty friendly with everybody. And that, so this woman knows me anyway. That's what I'm trying to say. Yeah. So, uh, that, but it still makes me a little nervous to go up there. Sure. And try to talk to try to talk to her about this because of her barrier with the language. She, you know, she uh, she comes from Asia. Thinks she's uh, Chinese. Uh-huh. Um, and um, so the only way I'm going to find out is to go up there and. Uh, Offer her something too, like you said. Well, like I like I said, I don't want I don't want it to feel like a trade. That that might send no. the wrong signal, you know, that you're you're trading off something, and yeah, and, and yeah. she feels like she then has to keep your stuff there forever in case she some point <laughs> wants to move your stuff out because she has a need for it, you know. And she uh, feels like you traded for that, so she'd have to give back the. I, you don't want it to feel like a trade. That's my point. Okay. And that's why I didn't want to, uh, and by the way, just to, to finish my story with this person who, who served us the second drink, and um, uh-huh. I gave yeah. her a really nice tip, and she was very thankful. Because, I, you know, I, I really appreciated her doing that. And, um, and plus, the, right. plus everybody, you know, they didn't mean to screw up. It got screwed up. They made it right. And so I wanted to acknowledge that, you know, so... Oh, it was a win-win situation. Yeah, I turned it into that. And that's what I'm, I'm encouraging you to do the same. So don't, it shouldn't be a trade. It should be, can I yeah. do something for you, you know, while I'm, right. while I'm keeping this stuff here? And by the way, um, I, I'd love to offer you, you know, something that perhaps you'd like for your, for your room, you know, and here's several pieces that please feel free to pick any one of them that you might like that you'd like to have hung. And if you need yeah. it hung, maybe I can hang it for you, you know? Yeah, yeah. Uh-huh, uh-huh. I, 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 I'm looking at something right now when I'm sitting here talking to you. I have this uh, uh, oriental uh, motif of a lamp, uh, and I, haven't, I don't have any need for it, but it's got this beautiful uh, little figurine of uh, uh, Japanese or Chinese, I don't know what it is, figure with the lamp uh, shade above it uh, with ta- uh, little tassels on it. Uh, I got it from somebody who was moving out of here, and they didn't want it, and they gave it to me. And uh, I don't know why. <laughs> I'd love, I'd love to give her that lamp. Was, well, make it one uh, of the make it one of the three things or four things that you say. Yeah, yeah. Here's several things that you could have that I'd love for you to have. Yeah. This is a lamp that was given to me. It was a gift. Perhaps this is something you might like. Here's some of the, my artwork, and pick pick any one of these things that you might like. Uh, because yeah. I just like to do something for you. You know, and, and, uh-huh. I mean, that the, 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 that helps with this, I think. And so when you mm-hmm. approach her, you, you, do, you know, it feels more comfortable because you're not just asking for something. You're trying, uh-huh. to, you're trying to do something for each other. That's what you're suggesting. All right, all right, all right. Well, uh, I'm going to take a picture of this lamp anyway. Okay. So I can show it to her, you know, if I, yeah. Uh, yeah. I do have other pictures on my iPhone of uh, some of the other art I've done. Well, yeah. (laughs) Well, I'm going to go up there right after I finish talking to each other. Okay. All right. See what happens. All right. Well, uh, I hope it's successful for you, Norman. As I said, you know, it still might not work because she may have a need for that space. She just hasn't got to it yet. And there's nothing you can do about that. 
But if she yeah. doesn't have the need and she's just got the space and she's just really hasn't figured out what she's doing with it yet. Um, and by the way, I, I don't know if you're going to ask for it forever or is it a temporary thing? That's another concern, you know? I know. Well, <clears throat> for the time being, I guess you could say, you know, right now, right, right now, this would, I'd really appreciate it. I don't really have a place for this and this would help me out, but I'd also like to do something if I could help you out as well. Perhaps there's something mm -hmm. I could do, you know, I could help you with either around your home, um, or, yeah. or, and, and by the way, also, I'd like to offer you, you know, some of the, some things that, um, things that I've created or something that I happen to come into con, you know, somebody gave to me as a gift that I'm not really using that perhaps you'd like. And then, you know, so again, you want to, you want to make it as easy and as pleasant as you can so that it feels like, why would she say no? Unless she, uh, ha I mean, she may have a, a, a legitimate reason that she's got plans for it and she can't. So that's different. But if she doesn't, then I think you got a pretty good shot. Yeah. Yeah. Like I said, though, she hasn't, she, she moved in here. Oh, I don't know, about a half a year ago, six months ago and um, never used it. So I, we'll see. We'll see. I'll have I'll, I'll let you know what happens, Chuck, the next time you're on. Okay, thanks a lot. I'll be on next week, so hopefully, I, hopefully, oh, you, hopefully you get good news. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. All right, Chuck. All right. Good enough. Good Talk talking to you, Norman. Take care. Thanks a lot. Bye. You bet. Bye-bye. Okay, folks. So hopefully um, the idea is you're trying to think about how the other person is feeling, how you want them to feel. That's the goal. So anyway, I was talking before... Um, uh, and I want to thank Norman and Scotty for calling. Um, uh, the concept of a shared feeling at, uh, and a shared value at the very heart of organizational life, if it's empathic concern for others. You know, empathy uh, is part of my conversations about talking about um, diversity, you know, equity, inclusion, social justice. So much of this is really about being empathetic. Being empathetic isn't, isn't enough in a sense because you can be empathic and know what somebody else is feeling. You can be empathic and know what somebody needs to do to feel differently, to feel better perhaps. You can know those things and not care. You may not know those things so well, but care deeply. I mean, Norman, if you're still listening, if you show empathic concern for others, if, if you come across as caring, like I did with the woman at the restaurant, I just want to, look, uh, you know, it would be okay is a different question than I'd like a second drink. As if I'm entitled for this free dinner that I got from this food and beverage manager that was kind enough to do it for us. If you really think about how the other person feels and how you want them to feel and what you can do to make them feel the way that shows you're concerned about them, not just about yourself, wouldn't life be better for everybody if all of us went through life in our organizations and at home really focused on caring about each other, really focused on being concerned for each other, supporting each other, all the other stuff falls out of that. I mean, you know, what comes with that? Well, respect, willingness to listen to each other, even when we disagree, um, being inclusive, understanding that, well, I, I've only got a couple minutes left, but I do want to say this one thing about bias, whether it's conscious or unconscious bias, and how that impacts our relationships with people who look different, sound different, have different values, 
different genders, differences lots of times are related in some way to our biases. People that are different from us in some way that's meaningful to us somehow often trigger biases that we are often unaware of. But partly I think we get past all of that if we focus on, hey, I want to care about anyone and everyone I come into contact. I want people to see me as someone that cares about others, especially the others I say I care about. I mean, we can't care about everybody all the time. I get that. But the people that we say we love, the people that we work with, that we say we're team members with, the people that are part of our team, that are part of our families, that are part of our workplaces, if we demonstrate we care about them, I can promise you, you're going to get better feedback and experience with each of those people that recognize that about you. So that's the message I want to leave you with, is I want, to leave, I want, to, I want the world to be a more empathic, concerned place for each other. Um, you know, you know, wherever you look, wherever you go, there's all kinds of things where we're different. If we can get past those differences and say, let me understand how we're different and let me understand how I can demonstrate I care about you too. It's powerful. And I, I think that goes with the idea of an emotion roadmap getting us to a better place, a more meaningful place, a place that can generates a lot of positive relationships and a lot of positive feelings for all of us. So my show's winding down. I want to thank everybody for listening. Thank you all who have been uh, regular listeners. I hope if we had any new listeners today, you got a chance to listen to the show and enjoy it. My name is Chuck Wolf. The show's The Emotion Roadmap. The tagline is take the wheel and control how you feel. And I love it. I love the idea of taking the wheel and you control how you feel. When you're not feeling the way you want to feel, when what you're feeling isn't ideal, you have the power to change how you feel. That's partly what this show is all about. Mostly it's about helping each of you to find meaningful, positive differences. I hope I've helped uh, Scotty and Norman a bit, and sounds like I have. And um, I hope when we hear back from you, Norman, that, that it was a good week and that, uh, that this worked out nicely for you and your neighbor. Okay. Uh, again, this is WPKN 89.5 FM, listener-supported radio. Uh, thank you all for listening so much. And to all the people in um, in TV land and Simsbury, thank you all for tuning in, too. Um, I hope you all have a wonderful rest of your day, and I look forward to being back with you next week. Take care, everybody. Bye-bye now. <laughs>